Hi, thank you for tuning into The Short Stacks. I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian. And I'm Lizzie Jelly, Virtual Engagement Librarian. This is a show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, listening to, or watching. And this month, we have a very special guest. We have Jen Gerber, who is our new library director. And Jen has been with us for about, what is it, a month? Yeah, it's been about five weeks. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Hi, everybody. So what brought you to public libraries? Were you always interested in being a librarian? I was, okay. honestly. So even when I was young, I wanted to be a librarian. And I had no idea I wanted to be a library director until more recently. Mm-hmm. But even when I was young, I just wanted to be around books. Um, not only did I love to read, which is, you know, kind of a staple in the profession, mm-hmm. but it is, um, I also really found it a very comforting place mm-hmm. to be in public libraries. So I started actually working very, very part-time in public libraries, working six hours a week at the Grafton Public Library up in Ozaki County. So I live up that way. And they were hiring for just a very part-time clerk, two evenings a week for three hours each night. I had a full-time job at the time for Scholastic Publishing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't crazy about that job, Mm -hmm. um, mainly because there was a lot of travel. Mm -hmm. Although it was around the same time that Harry Potter came out, okay. especially okay. the later ones. So did you get to like go around to bookstores and do the parties? Yes, okay. I oh, did. So um, and so that was really exciting, a really exciting time to work for Scholastic. However, I had just gotten married at the time, and my husband is a teacher who had just amazing hours, mm. and I was traveling so much. So I decided to get a part-time job at the library just so I could feel a little bit more grounded mm-hmm. and in the community. So I worked both jobs for about two years until a full-time position became available at Grafton and then I was asked to apply. And then um, from there, I got a management position at a library in Mequon at the Weinberg Public Library. And from there, got a library director position in Sockville. Mm -hmm. And I was there for 12 years. Very, very happy there. Very content. But I couldn't really go any further. I didn't have the master's degree in Mm -hmm. library science at that time. I had found kind of a side door into the profession. Mm -hmm. So I decided during the pandemic, actually just prior to the pandemic starting, I decided to, but then it ended up being really good timing to have something like intellectually stimulating. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school virtually um, to get the MLIS degree and it helped cure my or just kind of helped cure my imposter syndrome a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> which I you know, feel like a lot of people have. But I decided to kind of come through public libraries in not quite the traditional way, mm-hmm. I guess. Yep. So what particularly drew you to Shorewood, to our library? Honestly, it was the diverse community, yep. to be totally honest. Like I said, I was in a position that I was very comfortable, and I really loved it there. Um, But it was a very small community. Mm -hmm. It was about 4,000 people, and the tax base was only so much, and there really wasn't very much money in the community. So everything we did, every innovative idea, every program we had was not very well funded. Mm -hmm. And not for the sake that the community didn't support the library, but there just wasn't very much money there. Mm -hmm. So there was always kind of a struggle to find funding. And then also there was always kind of this lack of 
um, different generations and different cultures that were in that were absent from Ozaki mm-hmm. County. Mm-hmm. So I was contemplating whether or not to apply for this job up until literally the last hour before the application. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, because I really felt like, oh, I, you know, it was almost like, you know, cheating on Sockville because I was like, I really love it here. And I really love all of the staff. I love this community. I mean, it's so invested here. But there just seems like there's just so much opportunity there. The, yeah, the job ad mm-hmm. was just, it was so warm and welcoming and looking at the library's website, visiting the community kind of, mm. you know, incognito <laughs> was just something that, you know, when I got here, I was like, wow, this, this is, I really would like to, I would really like to be here. So I became very invested in the application process and was in it to win it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that same kind of a vein, what is something that you're really looking forward to being the library director here in Shorewood? So I have two answers to that. Okay. So I have a personal thing that I'm looking forward to and then a professional thing that I'm looking forward to. So personally, I am looking to find balance here. Um, it's been a lot, honestly, for the first, what is it, five weeks or however yeah. long I've been here of meeting new people getting to know the staff, just trying to figure out how my how to dial out on my phone. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's been you know, so long right. to figure that so out. I'm, <laughs> so I, and I know at my previous job, I dialed eight to get out uh-huh. to an outside line. And so the first thing I asked here was, do I dial eight? And someone said, why would you dial eight? I'm like, I, oh, no. you know, I don't know. Don't like, dial you did. So there were just, you know, there's a lot of things like that, but that's still occurring. I'm finding something new every day which is good. I mean, I wanted the challenge, mm-hmm. right? But I don't find, I don't have that balance yet. So mm-hmm. I don't feel that I'm out on the patron floor even a second of the amount of time that I would love to be mm-hmm. or even a small amount. Um, and also working with the staff individually, like mm-hmm. I have not had a chance really to um, really find that balance mm-hmm. yet. So I think that I'm most looking forward to that once I meet everybody because every meeting is somebody new mm-hmm. it's a brand new face for me yeah. like I mean everybody all the the patrons the staff everyone that collaborates with the library the friends of the library everyone all the, the trustees library board, yeah. the library oh, yeah. board all of the committees so each face is brand new and um, all of that has been a lot to process mm-hmm. so I feel that once I kind of get all of that figured out mm-hmm. I'll find some sort of groove or some sort of balance <laughs> with all of it. And then I can really feel like, okay, I'm going to take a giant step forward and I'm ready to like go. Um, but I'm not there yet. Um, so that's personally. Mm-hmm. And then professionally, honestly, I am looking forward to the renovation. Mm-hmm. So I know that that is something that's been on the minds of the community for quite some time. And I've taken a look at the plans and talk to the design committee and talk to the library board and it honestly just sounds like such a sandbox it sounds so exciting that there's going to be multiple areas of service points for the public which is great so the way staff will interact it seems will be much more in the preference of what the patrons want and what the staff is looking for Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of enhancing the library and making this space more accessible to the community. So I'm really looking forward to that. And 
I actually met with the library board and said, okay, I'm ready to start on this renovation. Like, let's get started. And they're like, no, Jen, no, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> like, we're not ready for you to start that yet. So I'm just really anxious and excited to start it. But I see a lot of opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So what has been your favorite part of working in the community so far? Um, well, I said that I was looking forward to the diversity, which I have found here. Um, and not just different um, backgrounds, ethnicities, ages, but just the the differences in the income in mm-hmm. community members is amazing and impressive to me, honestly, mm-hmm. that there are homes that have been here for a very, very long time that mm-hmm. are very upstanding, beautiful in the community and families that have been here for multiple generations, mm-hmm. as well as new members of the community that are living in um, apartments, condos, or new homes that are new to them homes. So I'm just finding this big range of people within the community that I just think is beautiful, and I'm really enjoying that. And then I'm also really enjoying the engagement, honestly. So one of the first, actually, I think it was the first week that I was here, there was the summer celebration. Mm -hmm. And Lisa, I remember you telling me, yeah, this is a lot of work, but it's worth it, <laughs> which I thought was really cute. And I was like, well, okay, so this this looks like a lot of work. That everybody is putting in a lot. I'm really just smiling and meeting people. So I didn't really have anything to do other than that. Um, but there was just there was such a huge response from the community, mm-hmm. and such an a, like a a bond between the teen librarian Ulisa as well as Heidi, the children's librarian, and the families that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, the volunteers that are from the teen board. And I just, I just really, it was impressive. And I really enjoyed that. Speaking of things you enjoy about the library, we would love to know what one of your favorite library memories is. It can be a personal one, a professional one, before you were even working in libraries, but what's something that stuck out to you over the years? Um, I have a lot of library memories, <laughs> so I feel like there could be just a whole podcast on all of the things that happen in part libraries. Part two. Part, right. Part, you know, 1501 or something, but um, I'll pare that down <laughs> for the sake of everybody. Um, so personally, my favorite memory of libraries is when I was growing up. So I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. So... My father had a job in construction management, and he would bid out projects, large projects, and we, as a family, would move to whatever state, wherever the project was. And the project usually lasted about two years. Mm-hmm. So he built hospitals, he built um, he built the Potawatomi Casino, he built mm-hmm. um, the IMAX Theater, things like that. So they were large projects that would take about two years. But having a father that had a position like that we moved about every two years to a new state. So I lived in eight states by the time I was 13 years old, which was a lot. And um, I have a very large family. There's eight of us in the family. So that was comforting Mm -hmm. to have that. But one thing that was always a constant, no matter where we lived, was that there was always a public library. And I felt so connected to it um, in that way. And every time we would move, I would make sure I knew exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a place that I could go where I didn't feel like I had to meet anyone or make any connection necessarily mm-hmm. and just be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's probably what drew me to the profession eventually anyways. 
But as a child, that was really important. Um, I have other memories that are not quite so like heart <laughs> Like I didn't didn't mean to bring anybody down with that. It was actually a oh, really no, positive. Yeah. yeah. So, but in my previous position, there was a time when a squirrel got into the library. Oh no! Which was really like seriously the best library day ever. It was so funny and fun. We didn't, I mean, because we didn't get any work done. We all just laughed so hard all the time, yeah. the whole day. So we had these automatic doors that would open, and they would stay open for just a little bit too long mm-hmm. sometimes, and it stayed open long enough for a squirrel to get in. Mm-hmm. And it was running around the library. It was on tops of the shelves. It was knocking down materials, <laughs> oh, no. the displays, because it was terrified, yeah, right? It yeah. wanted to, like, get out yeah. of the library. So I remember, <laughs> I remember there were two of the librarians that were bold enough to say, okay, we're going to take care of this. And they trapped it in the community room. And then we kind of like pushed them in after it. It (laughs) They had um, just little garbage, like a, Small garbage can, mm-hmm. and they were their plan was to just put it over the squirrel. Yeah, like sure, catching a mouse or something. Yeah, like a spider, you yeah. put a little cup over it. Yeah. yeah, right. But squirrels are stronger yeah. than like a spider with a cup, right? Which mm-hmm. they didn't really. So they would do it, and they would like they they'd get it finally, uh-huh. they'd capture it, and then the whole garbage can would just move <laughs> out of the room until. And we were all the rest of us that didn't go in. Uh-huh. We were all standing there with like hands and faces pressed against the glass, like looking <laughs> in and just laughing so hard um, and eventually there was a fire door in the community room and eventually they just opened the door and the squirrel ran out with the garbage can on <laughs> so it was like this garbage can like ran this out new house. yeah <laughs> yeah so that was kind of a really fun memory <laughs> i love that and then going back like it happened like 10 years ago but we like we still talk about it like it happened yesterday mm-hmm. we relive it and we probably you know amplify the story yeah. each time we tell it but uh, so, do you have a favorite genre? Do you have a favorite genre of books or movies or music or all of them? Yes. <laughs> yes to all of what that. What are your favorite genres <laughs> for each of them, I guess? Um, I like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm really passionate about a lot of things. So, I, I very often say, oh, this is my favorite thing. Or this is my favorite <laughs> show. Or this is my favorite book. But really, like, I feel like I, I say that all the time, mainly because I'm just really, I have a lot of things that I'm passionate about. My favorite genre overall is mystery. And I would say mysteries with a twist are my favorite when there's like an unreliable narrator or something I didn't see coming. So like one of the best ones that I read last year, which I know it didn't come out last year, but I finally got around to reading it last year, was The Silent Patient. Um, It was just, it was brilliant. Um, So I'm always looking for a book with a twist. I like books where the setting, and this isn't necessarily just for mysteries, but overall, like another favorite thing, mm-hmm. another favorite genre. Although I wouldn't call it a genre necessarily, but is a literary mechanism. Yes, <laughs> a component yes. is the setting when there's a really descriptive setting. Uh-huh. So I really love books where the setting plays just as much of an important role as the character does. Uh-huh. So um, books like The Secret History by Donna Tartt, that's one of my favorites. The House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende. Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson, The Dry by Jane Harper, Murder on the Orient Express, Agatha Christie, where the setting is actually, it's so important and crucial to the narrative that it, it kind of plays its own part. 
I also really like poetry. You're, you're going to be like, Jen, no, let's keep going. <laughs> you are all over so, the place. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So I also really love poetry. I love the classics, like, of course, the love sonnets of Pablo Neruda. And then I really love modern day poetry, like Rupi Carr, mm-hmm. um, Milk and Honey and the Sunder Flowers. I had a chance to see Rupi Carr at the Paps Theater this past year with some friends. Oh, cool. And I didn't really realize that she toured. Hmm. And it was just amazing. I mean, I've read her poems a hundred times. But when she read them... You know, just the different, um, the way she would accentuate different words within it, whereas I had maybe mm-hmm. read it a different way. Mm-hmm. It brought a whole new perspective just to one sentence of each yeah. poem. So I really love that. How about movies and music? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So I really am into vinyl records right now. Okay. And I guess this started with the pandemic I think just I was at home more and I decided to purchase music that I felt was important to me in some way um I didn't want to necessarily like replace a cd collection I had didn't have that anymore I mostly streamed music but I really had forgotten how much I missed listening to an entire album from start to finish Mm -hmm. and how that really tells a story in itself, too, mm-hmm. from the artist's perspective. And even listening to them out of order is not always is not always a great idea. But when you can sit and listen to an album the way it was recorded, the way it was meant to be heard from start to finish, it really is incredible. So yeah. I do have some artists that I really love. Adele is one that it's like you just – her voice on vinyl is just like nothing else mm-hmm. to me. Other artists like Jeff Buckley – yeah, so, I feel like, you know, artists nowadays don't necessarily do that as much, but, like, when you think about a lot of artists from the 70s, yes. the 80s, the 60s, mm-hmm. like, they did, you know, like, Pink Floyd's The Wall, like, you need to listen to that. You do, yeah, it's a story. And it's a story. You can't just, like, jump mm-hmm. around. I mean, you can, but it's not the same. But you're missing, so, you're missing so, much. so much. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, I know. And so that is something that I've kind of, I don't know, found. I'm not an expert. I'm not an audiophile or anything <laughs> like that, but I, I know that it's kind of, it brings me a lot of calm when mm-hmm. I do that. Like when mm-hmm. I just put that on at home and I listen from start to finish, mm-hmm. it's just, it's nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. How about movies? TV shows? <laughs> I'm So I really am into TV and movies. I think that, so I have this list of questions in front of me for uh-huh. those of you that are listening. <laughs> so Lizzie and Lisa gave me this list like as kind of a cheat for the test, which is really helpful. So I've got this on the last of, like, what are you currently reading, listening, or watching? Mm-hmm. So can we talk about all of it, like, at the same time? Sure, we Yeah, bring it on. Okay, because I might flip around. Okay, so as I turn the page of my notes with all of these <laughs> lists of things, um, so I am a very big fan of podcasts, mm-hmm. and I love listening to just a variety of podcasts, mm-hmm. One, because they tell a story in, in their own way, and I, I find it riveting. Mm-hmm. But also because if you find a really good podcast of one that you really kind of connect to, those podcasters sometimes throw out things that they're reading or they're watching, and you're like, oh, I should check that out. I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. like. So it's kind of like a reader's advisory yeah. in a way for <laughs> yeah. me. So I get a lot of ideas based off that kind of stuff. Um, as far as TV goes, anything on the BBC – is great to me. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I come home from like 
a day at work and I just want somebody to talk British to me. Like it's just really kind of soothing and calming. But then, you know, things like Poirot and Sherlock and Broadchurch, like it can be dark too. I, don't, I mean, it's just still, I, I really love what they're doing over there. I feel like TV has kind of had like this renaissance mm-hmm. right now. So I'm not as much into movies and okay. going to movie theaters anymore. Not as much as I used to be when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I really, I really do like solid TV. Mm-hmm. I won't just have the TV on just to have it on. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something. I, yes. Oh, my heart. <laughs> So you were a fan? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. So did you did you see the movies and stuff too? Of course I did. They usually come out around my birthday, so it was like a little treat. I'd go to the theater oh. to see the new Downton movie. I missed the last one in theater, so but I watched it at home. Don't you worry, faithful listeners. I did not miss it. And of <laughs> I course still I have not. Lisa, I know. where have you been? <laughs> It's good. It's, it's for the fans only, though, right? I was like, the story, it we is. didn't need more, yeah. but it's solely for the fans. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I actually saw, I have not seen the newest movie, but I saw, I mean, of course I watched the whole series. Mm-hmm. And I watched it alone, though, because my husband mm-hmm. does not like people to talk British to him. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so um, I watched Downton Abbey on my own, loved it, and then wanted to see the movie. And so he's like, well, I'll go see the movie with you. I'm not going to invest, like seven seasons or however it was but I am gonna go to a movie with you so he went to the movie with me and he didn't understand anything that was going on (laughs) even though I was like what's so hard about and he's like well you have like seven years of history of these characters like this was not made for someone coming in who doesn't know the character development yet so I can appreciate that that yeah, it's definitely for the fans. They made those films, which is great, though. Oh, yeah. I loved every second of it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and then also, like, one of my favorite TV shows is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, so, I, I have been a fan since it was on TV. I have a favorite season. I have a favorite episode. You know, I'm, I am that mm-hmm. deep into it, and I really enjoy it a lot. And now my daughter is, she's going to be 16 mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. And I've got her in it now because everything 90s is cool again. I know, right? Yeah. It's wild to me. So it's it super cool so to her. Same. <laughs> yeah. So and there was actually, it was funny, like this is off topic, but I was in TJ Maxx with my daughter. We were picking out school clothes. Mm-hmm. And there was a, like a sweatshirt that mm-hmm. I would have worn mm-hmm. when I was like growing up in the 90s because mm-hmm. I was in high school and college at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, how about this? And she's like, no, that's, that's too grunge. And I was like, isn't grunge back? And she's like, not that type. Grunge. Like, I guess I don't know. There's differences okay. between types of grunge, but whatever. Um, so, anyways, my daughter now is watching Buffy with me. Uh-huh. So that's been amazing. It's kind of where it all comes full circle, and you get to share it with someone that yeah. that you love. And I don't know if she's as invested as me. So I'm like, oh, watch this part. And she's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you know. But she is. Um, she's a pretty big fan girl too. Did you also watch um, Angel? I did. Because there's crossovers. I loved that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And Spike was my favorite character. So it was amazing to see him in both. But yeah. So I have a lot of favorites. That's okay. I have a lot of favorites too. (laughs) I have too many favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Favorites is just a word that I use. Oh, absolutely. If I read it and liked it at all, it's a favorite. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but this is definitely a bit of a gear shift, but it's still important to talk about. Um, We would love to know what you think the biggest challenge facing public libraries is today. That's a huge question. I know. I'm so glad that I got that question in advance. (laughs) So it was... (laughs) 
feel like you're injury. I feel yes <laughs> again. Like I, I'm going through this interview again. I thought I got this job already. This time it's for the community. Right. <laughs> um, but no, this is a really honestly, it's a really good question, and there's the obvious answers to that, in my opinion. The obvious answers are funding and book challenges. The political climate, the polarity of it is unfortunately putting public libraries in the middle of arguments that we had no intention of being in the middle of. We're just trying to provide access to all. Mm -hmm. So those are our struggles. Those are real and those are struggles. But I, I personally, I don't think that's the biggest challenge facing public libraries right now because I think that the biggest challenge is what may be underneath the surface that maybe the patrons and the public don't see and what maybe some of us in the profession aren't as easygoing or comfortable talking about, and that's fatigue. So I think that, you know, just like every business, mm -hmm. every everything with the pandemic of pivoting on a dime every minute, every day, doing something different, mm -hmm has brought a lot of fatigue to this profession. Yeah, um, pretty much anybody who does customer service. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. There's a lot of compassion fatigue. And, yeah. I was just going to say that, absolutely. So I think, you know, in public libraries, many people were displaced when public libraries were closed. Mm -hmm. And so we, and I say we as like a community of public libraries, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, as the profession, we are desperately trying to open the library for services and and do everything that we can but we're tired i mean just like everyone mm -hmm. and there is there's a need for public libraries to be a community space mm -hmm. like i was saying earlier when i was a child like a place to just be mm -hmm. and there are times when a patron might come up to a librarian and it's the only person that they talk to all day mm -hmm. yeah and it's meaningful and it's impactful to all of us and we're helping people find jobs and we're helping people who are on unemployment and people who are underemployed and people who are having to communicate when they have felt isolated and disconnected for a long time mm -hmm. and that draws a lot of compassion fatigue. Yeah, we're also having to help a lot of people with like mental health issues. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's been so many services that have been cut, and you know, and the social workers and whatnot that work with people too are overworked, and so a lot of them end up hanging out here. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and they're welcome here. Yeah. and that's yeah. the thing is we, you know, we we want this to be a place for everyone, and that's sincere, mm -hmm. but it also comes at a a, a, a price. Yeah. A price. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is. There is a lot um, behind the scenes that that is happening within this profession that we're all just doing our best, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that, in my opinion, that that's the biggest challenge yeah. right now in this profession is combating um, compassion fatigue and weighing that against services and making sure that we're available to the community. Mm -hmm. We'll go back to something a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> Just uh, a little. Ask you what you're currently reading. Um, so I have, and you both know this because you have worked with me now for five weeks. Although you don't, you don't know me quite yeah. well enough yet, still, but you know a little bit enough to know that I have fallen down the house plant rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Welcome um, to my world. right. <laughs> 
tell tell me and tell the listeners how many houseplants you have. I have oh, no. 49 houseplants at home. Oh, um, and this this all started with the pandemic. Um, I originally had three, and I had three for many many years. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, oh, houseplants make me happy. They and do. So, like every week, I was buying a new houseplant, and now, now I have. Now here we are. This many. And yeah, and I feel like the last time I asked them. you this question, the answer was 45. <laughs> So just in like a few days, I think there's been like four new additions. Oh yeah, so yeah, we have a little propagation station in the back area staff room where we're all trying to share plants. Um, so I understand that. I, mean, I want to take one of them out of there too. I'm just waiting. I took three. It's all. <laughs> So that's that's what you got. No, we're, there's still one more out that's not accounted for. I'm just picturing in bridesmaids, and she's like, "I took nine, and she's yeah. got nine puppies in her hands." <laughs> well, that's what it's for, you know. Oh, that's it's good. Yes. So um, again, I have fallen down the rabbit hole, and as a librarian, I am just naturally curious about everything. I don't want just I just don't want just the house plan. Like I want to know everything about this house plan. Like tell me all about your life so that I can take care of you and I could be mm-hmm. like nurturing. And that's part of what is like you're saying. It's really comforting. Yeah. It makes you feel really good. Yeah. I also started it during the pandemic. I started it with my mother. And so it's kind of helped us connect too, mm-hmm. which has been really amazing. Mm-hmm. We call each other and ask, you know, we ask of course how each other, how, how are you? Yeah. But then the next question is how are your houseplants doing? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how, what's happening. So she had a snake plant that flowered this year. And Ooh. she, yeah, right? Cool. <laughs> and she called me like she had just had a baby. She was so excited. She's like, you're never going to guess. I didn't know they flowered either. Yes, <laughs> I know. It was beautiful. Cool. Yeah, it was beautiful. But so I'm reading some books that go along with that. Um, I didn't have a second to find the authors, but I'm going to say the titles. So one of them is called Plantopedia, which is just a gorgeously for. Gorgeous photography, and then on each page it has um, kind of like a star rating, but it's more for from beginner to expert. Mm-hmm. So how hard is it to take care of this mm-hmm. particular plant? And then what's the history of this plant? What is it like? Does it like to be in the shade or in the sun? Um, how do you propagate it? How do you make more little plants? So that book is, has been really great. I've loved it. Welcome to the Jungle is one that I am reading right now. That's really fun <laughs> for someone who likes houseplants. <laughs> um, it is about philodendrons and aeroids and tropical plants. Oh, cool. So that one is really interesting to me. And there's one out there called the New Plant Parent, which is very comforting for those of us that have just started mm-hmm. down this rabbit hole. Because it talks about how it's nature and you can't control it. And, you know, you might have a brown spot on this leaf, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes you don't, kill them sometimes okay. it will die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that book I found really helpful just from my own mindset of instead of just this, you don't want anxiety mm-hmm. with yeah. a hobby that's supposed to be calming. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So when something is going wrong. Yeah. It's just a matter of, well, this one isn't really bringing me that much joy anymore. And I'm just not, maybe you and I are not the right fit. It's not you, it's me kind of thing. So um, that's what I'm reading right now. Um, I am currently watching, I have the final episode to go 
of only murders in the building. Oh, I love. Oh my gosh, I love it. And you know, mainly because I do love podcasts and I do like true crime podcasts. And I love mysteries. And I love Martin Short. And I love Steve Martin. I didn't think I was going to love Selena Gomez as much because I just wasn't familiar. But the three of them work really well. It's such a fun show. Um, So I am watching that. I'm listening to some podcasts. Um, One's called On the Ledge. Again, the the narrator is British, so take from that whatever (laughs) you will. Um, But it's all about houseplants um, and taking care of houseplants. And it's very soothing to listen to. I wouldn't listen to it on your drive home. Okay. Or on the <laughs> it's really, really calming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. So, okay. yes. But if you're just kind of settling in, cozy, you know, with like a cup of tea, it's a really nice podcast to listen to. Um, another one that I love is called Ear Hustle. Oh, oh no. I love Ear Hustle. Ooh, nice. You're, you know it. Um, I had the opportunity of um, hearing Nigel Poor speak, she mm-hmm. is, those of you that don't listen to Ear Hustle, she is the um, the main person, her and someone else named Irlan Woods, who does mm-hmm. this, this podcast that is out of San Quentin Prison. Um, and it's just amazing things that she is doing there and documenting it, broadcasting from San Quentin, which is just mm-hmm. so powerful. She had an exhibit at the Milwaukee Art Museum a few years ago, and that's how I found out about it, because oh. they had a bunch of art that they had created, because yeah. she teaches the inmates uh, art and photography classes, and so they had these like narratives that went along with these photographs that they had found, like because she found just this file of old photographs yeah. in the prison, and they had to write stories to go along with the pictures, and then there was like little tidbits about the, the podcast, too, and so that's when I started listening to it, I was like, this is really, it's, it's really good. good, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not getting paid to plug this or anything, but like, honestly, it is, it's, it's one, I think it was the first podcast to win the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. So they, it's one of those rewards, yeah. Yes. And so, and well-deserved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that one I'm listening to and Wind of Change. So there was a song and if my husband ever hears this podcast, he's going to think that I'm getting this all wrong. He's going to tell me that. Because <laughs> he's more of a fan of this podcast, and he kind of got me into it. But there's a song that came out in the 1990s called Wind of Change okay. by the Scorpions. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you remember this? And so um, and it was kind of this big ballad for when, you know, the Berlin Wall came down mm-hmm. and the fall of the Soviet Union. And the podcast kind of investigates this theory that the song was not, in fact, written by the Scorpions, but was rather written by the CIA. Okay. And it was a way of winning like hearts and minds and okay. um, changing some things. And then just having the Scorpions perform it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's cool. a really, but it's a really fun podcast. Okay. So I really liked that yeah. one too. What are you guys reading and watching and listening to? <laughs> I'm Everybody's looking at me, so I guess. Lizzie's on the spot. <laughs> um, this is low-key embarrassing, but it's fine. Um, never be embarrassed about what you like to read. Reading should be a joy. Yes. I'm going to say that right now. This summer was the summer of romance series for me. <laughs> so I finished the entire Bridgerton series, which was a goal of mine for 2023. Tell me how many are in the series. There's eight. Okay. Well, eight in the primary series. I have not read the prequels. Best. I needed a little break. <laughs> <laughs> but my goal is to finish them all, and I did. I did half physical book and half audiobooks, and the audiobooks are narrated by Rosalind Lander, and she's phenomenal. If you like a, a British voice, yeah. she's great. Nice. My favorite is still book two, even after reading all eight of them, The Viscount Who Loved Me. It is very different from the show. So if you're a fan I've of the show, that, yeah. I do recommend still reading the books because they deviate. And there's um, 
so many good romance tropes. And we were deprived of a very crucial scene from book two in season two. And I'm not over it. And many of the book fans are not over it. Tell us. The scandal. Okay, so in the series, there's still, like, Kate gets stung by the bee, and then Anthony freaks out because that's how his dad died and all that kind of stuff. But in the book, it is that moment where Kate gets stung by the bee on the chest, of course, while they're in the garden. Anthony freaks out, tries to suck the poison out. (laughs) And who catches them but Lady Featherington? Oh, my God. The town gossip. So big scandal. They have to get married. Hoobla, hoobla. Also, there's much less sibling So they have to get married. (laughs) Obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> historical romance. You have to be forced to the altar. Um, but it's, oh, it's phenomenal. It's so funny in the books. It's hysterical. Um, and the book has much less sibling rivalry between Kate and her sister, which is something they added in the show. And it made me really sad because I really just, they were never like that in the book. And I really wanted them to build each other up. And there was just some spice drama added in there that didn't. It didn't hit right with me in the series, but, you know, others can disagree with me on that. The series is still good, but I recommend the books. And now for the other one that's really going to out me as, like, a super, super deeply embedded in TikTok romance reader. (laughs) I have read 16 out of 19 Ice Planet Barbarians books. (laughs) Really? Oh, my gosh. Um... Listen, I can't even talk about it. I'm She's so She's fanning invested. herself she for those who can't see her. Don't not listen to this in the car if you have any intention of being pulled over or being close enough for someone to hear the book through your window because <laughs> it's my biggest fear. They are really good if you are into science fiction, romance, like all kinds of tropes in there, like faded mates, enemies to lovers, second chance. But And they're bite-sized. They're only like five hours long, the audiobooks. They're all on Hoopla, all 19 besties. So. <laughs> and once you start, you can't stop. So I just like have them in and I'm cleaning my house and it's just, you know, my husband comes home and he's like, what are you reading, listening to? And I was like, it's Ice Planet Barbarians. It's fine. <laughs> he listened to one of them with me on a long drive and he was like, this is just so much. I was like, yeah, if you like sci-fi romance, you're going to love it. Yeah. I promise. But if if this is your first foray into romance, you need, this is like, you need some training wheels before you get to this one. <laughs> it's it's like you know they get like crashed on an ice planet and they have to like you know they all pair up with the local um alien population who are also stranded there but like a thousand years it's a whole thing it's aliens it's spaceships it's yeah honestly that sounds kind of fun it's really fun (laughs) yeah it's bonkers like you're it's one of those ones where it's like Every twist that can happen happens. It's like, and then there was an avalanche, and then there was a cave-in, and then she fell in love with the wrong person. But <laughs> it's it's really entertaining, and it's very escapist. If you're like me and you like to read stuff that's so far removed from your everyday life, this is it. Nice. And there's 19 of them, so it'll keep you busy for a couple months. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I planet barbarians that's the ones they got the blue people on the cover that's how you'll know the blue people yeah <laughs> then i'll know i've got the right series and i have one normal book that i'm reading that's like you know a little more mainstream i just started jeanette mccurdy's memoir i'm glad my mom died i'm only like a couple chapters in but it's intense i've heard good things it's super popular i just checked there's over 300 people on the waiting list for a physical copy right now i'm listening to the audiobook on libby which is narrated by the author jeanette herself um, and the wait list is a lot shorter. So if you really want to get your hands on it, I recommend the audiobook. But whew, it's heavy. Yeah. It's not one you can really listen to straight through. There's a lot going on. So just be aware there's like mentions of child abuse, lots of religious trauma. So it can be triggering. I know that, that going in. Mm-hmm. But 
it's good. It's very good, but heavy. Good. I've heard that it's it's important. Yes. That it like that's one of the words that I heard as a description of it. That it, yes, there are some themes and some topics that are very heavy and can be triggering to some. However, it's important. And, it's very important yeah. and timely with all the other stuff coming out. Like there was a huge protest outside Nickelodeon recently by one of the other actresses who's same age as Jeanette, but who was on. Um, you would be the only one that, that knows yeah. I know. in this room. Sorry. That's the one yeah. where they're, uh, Zoe 101, very similar to iCarly that Jeanette was on. Um, and there's a lot of um, discussion of what went on in the studio that was very hush-hushed. And it's, wow, it'll, it blows your mind wide open. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. proceed with knowing caution. What about you, Lisa? Are you reading anything less, you know, polar ends? I am. Um, I just finished Robin Wall Kimmer's Braiding Sweetgrass. Um, I've been meaning to read that for a long time, and it was on the whole list for forever, and it finally, uh, the audiobook became available, and so I listened to it. Um, that's like the only thing I listened to this summer. I bought a house, and it's like a huge renovation project. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. So like, I, thank you. That's like taking up the majority <laughs> of my time. But yeah, Braiding Sweetgrass was really cool because it's about this botanist and she's indigenous and her kind of trying to marry her indigenous views to science Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, she goes to school for botany and a lot of the professors that she has along the way tell her that her ways of knowing things and of doing things are the wrong ways. And she's like, no, that's not necessarily the case. You know, you guys Mm -hmm. don't know everything that you think, you know. (laughs) Um, And so it's a lot about, you know, nature, nature conservancy, um, ways that we can all give back to the planet because the planet gives to us. You know, she talks about how the planet you know, provides our food and provides, you know, all sorts of things for us, you know, relaxation, housing, but we don't really give much back to it in return. And she talks about ways that we can do that. Um, there's like a snippet of a story in there where she talks about going along a highway because all these salamanders at a certain time of year, they migrate from like one area to another and a lot of them get squished yeah. by cars. Mm-hmm. And so she and her daughter would go out to the highway and like physically move them from one side to the other, um, you know, and talking about things like being more aware of your surroundings when you're driving or things like that. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was really good. That's Highly be- recommended. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, do you want to share library news? Oh, I sure can. Um, it is fall at the library, which means we have so much going on in the next couple of weeks. We also have a bunch of events for kids coming up. We've got Ryman Read Lapset that has kicked off along with story times that have kicked off. Registration is currently closed because there is such high demand, which is great to see. But keep an eye on that and for the next session. Digital Resources 101 is coming back on Wednesday the 21st. It's the first day from 10 a.m. to 12.30. Bring your device. Bring Let your me phone. just pause yeah. you for a second because I have to say to the listeners that so I, as being a new person here, just recently had my kind of digital resources 101 with Lizzie last week. And it was amazing. So, yes, bring your device because Lizzie will show you how to upload all these things on your phone, setting up all of these accounts. I went home. I shared it with my <laughs> husband and my daughter. And I was so excited about all of the things. I'm really sincere. <laughs> it was really great. Yeah. So, Definitely attend this if you're not familiar with some of it or if you just want to know what else is out there. 
That was a great ad for my yes. event. This is the first one I'm doing, so thank it's you, Jen, fantastic. for hyping me up. I need that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but do, bring your phone, bring your tablet, bring your computer. I'll get you all set up with some of the cool apps from the library. You're going to leave feeling so connected, and you're going to have, like, six ebooks on your waiting list. I love that for you. I'm looking forward to hanging out. Um, Art Cart to Go is happening on Wednesdays again through the fall. And let's see what's happening right away in October. For those of you who are adults, Janae Sacken is going to visit the library on Monday, October 3rd at 6.30 to talk about her new book. We also have Art Cart to Go continuing through October. The PM Book Club is meeting on Wednesday the 5th. And let's see what they're reading this month. They are reading The Bad Muslim Discount by Saeed Masood. I know they just picked all of their new books. They did. Mm -hmm. So that's one of their more recent picks. The Job Center of Wisconsin is going to be available for drop-in help on Wednesday, October 12th. And A Smart Kid's Guide to Race and Inclusion, A Conversation with Deanna Singh, is happening on Tuesday, October 11th at 6.30. There is registration required for that event that you can find right on our website. I'm going to throw one more thing in there. Uh, Next week, or on Tuesday, September 20th, we have the Teen Advisory Board orientation. So if you're interested in joining the Teen Advisory Board, the application is online on our website, and you can still submit those until Monday evening. So (laughs) get those in and then come to the orientation on Tuesday, and uh, we will tell you what the Teen Advisory Board is all about. As always, if you have any questions or comments for your host, you can email us at shortstacks at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, or iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening and be well. The Short Stacks is produced by Lisa Quintero and Lizzie Jelly for the Short Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. The song is called Ice Flow and can be found on incompetech.com.